Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit LeiaHealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. As we've spoken about before, miscarriage is one of the last taboos in society. Well, one lady who is speaking out about her experience uh, to help others is Louise Warnford. Louise had 18 miscarriages before she had a healthy baby boy, age 48. Louise is on the line. Hello. Hello. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you so much for chatting to me. No, thank you for having me. Um, firstly, tell me about your son, William. How is he doing? He's doing great. He's loving school. Absolutely loving school. He's such a kind, kind little boy. He loves them. Um, Sport mad, absolutely sport, sport mad. Sport mad. How yeah. old is he, Louise? Uh, he's seven, he's but he'll be eight in June. <laughs> oh, gorgeous. What a fun age. Um, oh, it's great to hear he's doing so well. Can we talk about your fertility journey? Because it was more complex than many, wasn't it? It was, yes. Very, very complex. It was um, a very difficult journey. Um, lots of different fertility treatments that I tried <laughs> along my journey. Um, yeah, I had um, uh, a lot of a lot of different types of fertility. Okay. And then finally, I uh, I tried uh, the IVF many times. I tried the IVF, but um, I tried other fertility treatments before the IVF. How many times did you have IVF? Do you mind me asking? Um. Well, all my all my treatments were free fertility. Were free fertility. Uh, Fertility treatment. Sure. Uh, but the IVF was eight times. Okay. Eight times IVF. The rest was all um, IUI. Gotcha. Um, different forms of fertility treatment. Yeah, Louise, different forms of fertility yeah. treatment. Yeah. Louise, were your miscarriages happening at a similar stage? Uh, and what were the doctors telling you? Uh, they, were, they were happening at different stages. Some were extremely early. Um, some were between six and eight weeks. Others were between uh, 10, 12, 14 weeks. So um, they were all different. I did have an ectopic pregnancy as well. Um, that was through an IVF uh, process. That was through IVF treatment. Um, yeah, so they're all at different stages. Okay. Oh, my God. That must have been such a traumatic and stressful time in your life. Did you and your partner both believe you just needed to keep trying? Or how was that between the two of you? Um, I wanted to keep trying because my yearning for a child just, it wouldn't go. Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't disappear. I, I had the yearning. It started when I was 30 and... I just yearn for a child, you know, and and I knew deep down I, I I couldn't I couldn't give up. My husband wanted to give up because he could he could see how it was affecting me. He could see it was affecting my life. It was affecting my mental health. It was affecting me as a person. Um, I I I couldn't see that. I couldn't see as deep as that. Um, yes, I was very emotional. Yes, it was affecting my mental health, but I just wanted to keep trying. The yearning for a child just wouldn't wouldn't go. And when, it wouldn't go away. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And, and when you were going through all of this, did you have access to counselling? Um, it was very difficult. Um, the NHS is very... 
I, I don't want to criticise the NHS because they've been very good to me, and they are good. However, they just don't have the resources. Sure. They don't have the resources to help um, with with women suffering in this way. The the mental health that that miscarriage can cause is immense. It's profound. You know, it, the the disappointment, the grief, the trauma, the trauma. Yeah, the trauma. You know, everything, everything that you experience uh, with a miscarriage. You know, and people. You know, some women are. What's the word I want to use? Um, I don't want to say lucky because it's not lucky, but are, you know, are unlucky enough to go through one, and then they'll go on to have. Um, a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. When you suffer the amount of miscarriage I suffered, it does take its toll on your mental health. And just to reiterate, it was 18 times going through that trauma and that sadness yep. and over and over again. Now, we have spoken to Irish charities here who fill the gap in the healthcare system for people in the silent grief of miscarriage. Is that left to charities to do over there with the NHS? Is there, like, we have Failacon over here. Have you got any organisation over there that help you through situations like this yes we have we've got tommy's okay. we've got um the miscarriage association um and and you've got different various charities that that can help um that you can reach out to um it, it is difficult uh, and a lot of women don't want to speak about it of course it is you know it's a silent grief and mm -hmm. um, some women do want to speak about it some women do um, look for the health the, the help that they may need um, I, I, I was luckily I, I was serving in the Royal Air Force at the time when I was suffering all my miscarriages and um, I, I got some got some counselling through the Royal Air Force through their education um, their health and okay. education okay did people around you know, friends and family, what you were going through time and time again? Not everybody, mm -hmm. no, because you just you're just so upset with the grief and the shame as well. You know, it's, it's not just all the emotions you go through when you suffer a miscarriage. You know, what did I do wrong? Is it because I put that loaf of bread in the <laughs> in the boot, that bit of shopping? You know, why have I lost this this baby? Why, why, you know, why is this happening to me? It, you ask yourself why. It's it's the grief, it's the guilt, it's the shame that your body can't carry a baby to full term. You you don't feel whole. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Is that one hundred percent? I, I can't imagine the, the torture of having to pick yourself up because, as you said, like the yearning, the yearning you had for William, you know, was so strong that you yeah. have to go through that and pick yourself up. And you must have come close to giving up a few times. And you took you took a four year break at one point. But what gave you the strength to try again? Because not many people would would have that strength. I didn't really. Um, well, I did find the strength. I uh, I, I gave up, and like you say, I had a four-year break. And in that time, I needed to know why. I needed to know why I couldn't carry a baby to full term. You can't go through 18 miscarriages and not have anything wrong with you. I needed to know. I really did need to know. 
So um, I, I started doing a lot of research and I came across a book called Is Your Body Baby Friendly by uh, a doctor, an American doctor, a doctor called Alan Beer in America. And I read his book and I've still got his book now with all the notes I created mm-hmm. in it and, the, you know, the misscribblings in the margins and everything, you know, I've, I've still got it and I still refer to it now. Um, it's a brilliant book. But I kept going back to the section of his case studies and why these women miscarried and it was exactly the same as what was happening to me you know I'd go for a scan and they'd say I'm sorry Mrs Warford but we just can't find the baby's heartbeat and that was I I can't explain the the distress the grief that created so so I just needed to know so um so I read this book and I I, like I say I I need to know the reason why and uh, I then went to look for a doctor that can deal with immunology in the UK. And I came across Dr. Shahata. And um, my my GP referred me to Dr. Shahata and I went to see him. And he'd done some killer cells tests, what they call killer cells. And he he said that, you know, um, my body was suffering from killer cells. Killer cells, did you say? Yep. Okay, so, and what did that, what did that, or what does that mean? Well, killer cells is a, a, it's a type of white blood cell, which, I'll just, I'll just read this out. Sure. So I get, get the words right, so people know exactly what it is. So Dr. Shahada explained that natural killer cells are a type of white blood cell and as such are used by the immune system to protect, to protect the body against invaders and infectious diseases. So, the, you know, the white blood cells protect against cancer cells, you know, um, and any, anything, you know, uh, any diseases. Um but also so an embryo not, as well. So that's what was happening. Yeah. Gotcha. So they are not in, in themselves something to worry about. But problems can arise when they exist in large numbers and mistakenly are some, <clears throat> mistakenly something, see something harm, harmless. In this case, a normal embryo or fetus. Okay. So what my, ba- what my body was doing was basically... Um, trying to protect you and getting rid of the embryo. Against... Um, yeah against cancer or a virus uh, and that's basically what killer cells is it's, it's you know there's they're in large numbers and they can um, they can destroy yeah so okay that. so you found that you had these nk cells so what what was the next step well as i was leaving dr shahata's office i wasn't particularly going to try again because i I just couldn't go through that grief again. Mm. But as I was leaving his office, he said to me, he said, Louise, he said, if you would like to try again, my treatment protocol has a 95, an 85 to 95% success rate. So that left me in a, in a um, in quite a, a um, difficult position, really, because, because I didn't know what to do. I'd resign myself to the fact that I was never going to be a mother. However, I was then given this choice. If I did try again, 
Could I possibly be a mother? Could it? Could his treatment possibly work for me? So that's the choice I, le I was left with. And I came home, spoke to my husband, and I knew, I knew I had to try again. I knew I had to try one last time. And this one last time, was this William? Um, the second to last, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. okay. Yes, yes, yes. I went to, uh, we went to Prague for some IVF treatment um, because by this time I was too old to be treated in the UK. Um, I, I'd passed the UK upper age limit. Um, but I needed to know whether Dr. Shahata's treatment could work for me. So we, um, we, it was back to research for me, and I researched a brilliant clinic called the Gynam Clinic in Prague, and um, and they treated me. And um, the first treatment didn't work for me; it didn't result in a positive pregnancy okay. test. However, the second treatment did. And then you were six I, I weeks, and then you were... I needed to get a positive pregnancy test to know whether Dr. Shahata's treatment yeah. would work. Oh, yes. I mean, you've gotten this far. You're in Prague now, and then you're 12 weeks. You're, you know, it's moving along. Uh, is your anxiety rising as it is, or are you happy? I mean, how how are you feeling when this... Oh, absolutely terrified. I'm really, yeah. Absolutely petrified the whole way through. Not a day went by that I didn't worry about going to the toilet, that I didn't worry about stomach cramps, that I didn't worry about going for a scan and they couldn't find the heartbeat. I, I went from a 12-week scan. I was pacing the waiting room. I could not sit down. I could not relax. I was so worried, so anxious. And the same for the rest of the scans. Um, I, I didn't relax at all until... William was in my arms. And even then, you've got a young baby and you start, <laughs> your anxiety starts again. That's a different anxiety though, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Can you tell me the moment he was placed in your arms? Oh, my God. Oh, I, I'll never forget. It was the best day of my life. Mm. Um, yeah, I felt as if I'd won the lottery. I really did. Stubborn little fecker, wasn't he? He was destined to be here, that one. William. Yeah. Yeah, it was meant to be. And now he's uh, seven, coming on eight. And um, he's just he's just adorable. He, 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 he's loved, loved more than he knows. All the teachers love him. You know, he's got plenty of friends. He's just, he's just such a proper, proper little boy, you know. He's, yeah. He just loves his sports. He What's loves he climbing. into? What sport is he into football? Football, um, yeah, any kind of um, running, jumping. Um, he, he gets picked for the, what's it called, Mark? Um, athletics. athletics. He, he, he gets picked for all the school's athletics because he's just so sporty. He's just, um, just winning awards all the time. I'm so proud of him. You must be so proud. He's um, just absolutely adorable. Louise, you had a baby that at uh, 48. Can I ask, yeah. how how have you found having a young child at an older age? I mean, I, I'm 44 now and I struggle. Well, I'm 44 in April. I struggle with a, with a six-year-old. Um, but how how's all that going, your energy? and 
it keeps you young, I think. Yeah. You know, um, because I was so desperate for a child. Um, I, I think in myself, um, I do suffer with back problems sometimes. It's a good job I've got a good husband. He's <laughs> uh, 62. Um, good on you, Mark. I tell you what I do worry about having a child at my age is my own mortality. Ah, yeah, but like I look at I, yeah, I look at my parents, and we're all like bloody Robocop these days with the amount of drugs and statins and and stents and stuff going on. You'd be fine. Yeah, you know, I I I I didn't think I would. You know, when I was trying for a child, I didn't think I'd feel like this. But I do worry about my own mortality. You know, I'm fifty six, coming on fifty seven this year, and you know, I lost my mum when she was exactly the same age as me. And I've got a seven-year-old child. I mean, I was 30 when my mum passed away. But, you know, it it does make you think, you know, having a child later in life. But at the end of the day, I've just got to think, well, it's just just like, you know, a lot of women have children older these days. You know, I've got a, a friend who's a midwife, and she's saying to me that, you know, she, she delivered, delivered a baby last week, and the mum was... 50 mm-hmm. you know it we are out there you know older mothers are out there but I mean, we're also, a lot fitter louise sure i'm coming i'm only getting going i'm in my <laughs> mid 40s i'm only getting going i'm fitter now than i was in my 20s absolutely it does it keeps you fitter doesn't it because oh, yeah. you know you, you you're taking them to school you're dropping them off you're picking them up you're attending all the sports events you know yeah, I mean, come school sports days, I, I, I was in there in the mother's race, you know. Get in there! Get in there in the mother's race, now <laughs> thinking, why am I doing this? You know, I'm 50-odd. Go running against, I'm running against a load of women that are in the 20s, 30s, and I'm there, you know, sprinting along, thinking, why are you doing this? But look, you are there, you are at that sports day. There's a lot of young mothers who, who you know, wouldn't be at the sports day. You're, you know, you're you're doing a great job, and... Thank you. you persisted and will you tell William the story when he's older and able to understand what you went through for him Absolutely. to be we on this planet now. really we, yeah he knows that I've um, written a book to help other other people out there I've written a book called Baby Dreams um, to help other you know others fighting a similar battle yeah. because I want help and if I can save them 10 or 15 years of grief, then, you know, it will. Because if I'd have known, you know, what I was suffering from 10 or 15 years earlier, I would have had a child in my, you know, my 30s and not my 40s, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I've read him. He knows, he knows about his book that we read in honour of him. And I also... Um, purchase books that are specially designed for people or children, especially written for children in his circumstances that was born in his circumstances. Um, And they're quite good. And we read them to him as well every now and again. You know, it's called Our Story, Mm -hmm. How We Became a Family. And Louise, you're going to be one of the speakers at the Future Fertility Show in the RDS on March. Is that right? That's right, yes. March 2nd, March 3rd. You can get more info at futurefertilityshow.com. Louise, thank you so much. You probably have pick up soon. Thank you so much for the chat. It's lovely to speak to you. And I wish you and your husband and your gorgeous son, William, the very best of luck. And that next sports day, 
you win that race. Do you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You've been I through will. a lot more. You win that race. Louise, thanks. I will. See you at the future show. Bye, 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 bye. There we go. Louise uh, Warnford, uh, just an incredible story. Became a mother at 48 after 18 miscarriages. The yearning was so strong. She never, ever, ever really gave up, but she asked the questions and... I was inquisitive and wanted to know why. And th- I think that's a really important message. If you know there's something wrong, keep asking the questions and get to the bottom of it. I just want to thank her again for coming on the show. And we'll be back with more after this. Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit leiahealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.